Alex, do you remember Carl? He's back in pod form. <laughs> <laughs> Much to everyone's chagrin. <laughs> uh, this is the Area FNF FF podcast. I'm Curtis. I'm Carl. I'm Alex. Much to everyone's sahagin. <laughs> <laughs> what were you saying, Carl? I'm sorry. Um, I was going to say that would have been a really good one if I ever, like missed an episode but i don't think i will ever allow myself to miss an episode (laughs) i i have thought before i was like what would happen if i was unable to make it and i was like yeah they'd be fine without me just (laughs) just roll it it's cool (laughs) yeah we have enough uh episodes to uh, train a machine (laughs) we uh i believe last time we left our intrepid party they were walking through a very dark hallway yeah we just saw sarah turn into a crystal all right the stairs Briefly, as our nice party of uh, snow, lightning, and saws. The dream yeah. team, as we call it. Yeah. Well, I guess the maybe not so much snow, but <laughs> I. You know what? I was I was playing. I was doing the homework for this episode, and I was like, I cannot let Carl influence my hatred of snow. I must <laughs> listen. <laughs> I can't hey, let him make me like this character. I have to I come a, at it entirely, am, like genuinely. We'll get to it later in this episode, I'm sure, but I'm a casual observer of this game, and so far, all of the negativity (laughs) that I feel about him is from outside sources from the source material, and I'm waiting for that shoe to drop. Will this be the episode that the shoe drops? I don't know. I'm going to spoil it. No, it's not, because (laughs) I... The only other interaction I've ever had with Snow was seeing his like the chibi version of him in World of Final Fantasy. Sure, like, oh, yeah. You when see I, him as a frog first. Like I did not know anything <laughs> about him as a character. I didn't even know there was a Final Fantasy character named Snow when I played that, and I was like, "Who the fuck is this idiot?" I was like, "Snow, that's a dumb name. Where are my friends, Cloud and Squall? Like, those are much cooler names." So hey, listen, I'm just waiting for him to start sucking. see y'all next week (laughs) anyway we're in a dark hallway we're in the dark hallway with all our friends we're entering the chamber of the faith yeah yeah pretty much yeah no singing except for the the boing boing oh yeah we still got that, that good jaw harp going Indeed. I think we were, uh, we looked up, um, they have the Jawheart player in the credits of the uh, soundtrack. Remember that? That yeah. is the most based person on the planet. Yeah. We were joking that Masasi is like, you know, we can just do this sample. Like, no, get me him. He's yeah. The <laughs> yeah. He's the, we used he's him in the Final best. Fantasy X for me and High Road. We're using him on this one. Yeah. It's like, he's already booked with Hans Zimmer. Like, no, <laughs> yeah. delay the game if we have to. Hans Zimmer can go fuck himself. That motherfucker's been a thorn in my side for far too long. I'll be in the cold, dead ground before Hans Zimmer gets one over on me again. <laughs> I can't believe we uh, managed to get uh, <laughs> Hamauzu on this uh, on this episode. We're really uh, jumping the shark here. We got Jason Alexander. We got Hamauzu. We got... Yeah. <laughs> we will not be having Han Zimmer. Yeah, we will not be having Han Zimmer. <laughs> this is a pro Hamauzu podcast and anti Han Zimmer podcast. Yeah, yeah what is you Han see Zimmer that son of a bitch? You give him one for me. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we enter this uh, the chamber of the faith. It goes into cool FMV. Um, 
It's very dark. <laughs> Motherfucker using flugel horns on the hard <laughs> band left and right. <laughs> Who does he think he is? This motherfucker <laughs> releasing a beautiful track with nothing but marimba and some other percussion. <laughs> fucking asshole. God damn it. Yeah, Hans Zimmer doesn't need to fucking book 24 drummers at the same time to play in unison, but he does. This is why it's hard enough to find a drummer. <laughs> yeah, Hans, Zimmer's, uh, Hans Zimmer has all of them. Hans Zimmer is creating artificial scarcity of percussionists. <laughs> fucking asshole. Uh, is the Jawheart player also on Final Fantasy X is the actual thing? Well, I guess it wasn't. It was synthesized in X, right? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well. All maybe right. he went. He maybe he toured with it. They are doing a Look, stage Hama play. creating jobs in this game. There you go. That's right. Boing. And um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we're in the room of the fallacy. <laughs> Lights are out. Yeah, Hope is all easily distracted right now. He was kind of in complete shambles for the whole rest of the time he's been here. But he, he's, he's like, had oh. a real shit go of it recently, so it's understandable. Yeah, but we're meeting a god or whatever. And it says, uh, so this is the foul sea. And as we, yeah, we're doing a little like kind of, it's very dark in here, but we see a pan up and there looks, it looks almost like a reactor or something in the middle of the room. It doesn't look uh, organic at all. Like no. this, this no. thing that they're standing in front of. Um, it's like a weird dome or something. There's like a dome. Like it maybe like, like a, a, a fucking boiler room. Maybe mm-hmm. like an eight or nine foot high, like iron dome with like some, uh, circuitry and computers over top of it. Like it's odd. <laughs> And a sign, a sign on it that means nothing. No, it, yeah, it's so very before, important. <laughs> yeah, before we recording. So yeah, there's a pan up and there's like the only thing lit in this room is this little sign, like a plaque on the top of this. Uh, it just says structure. Genova. <laughs> yeah, basically it was like, oh, it's like the Genova chamber or whatever. And then like there was a quick kind of close up on it and like, okay, this is real text. So like there's, uh, I think years after this game came out or like whatever, there was exclusive like japanese like compendium where it actually translated like what each letter means and that's kind of what i was how i was able to do the uh kunian text from the last chapters and uh this text doesn't mean anything like i tried <laughs> before we were recording <laughs> i was like just deciphering it like oh this is just gibberish zero out of ten <laughs> yeah, we were we were trying to figure it out and it, it there's at no one, vowels <laughs> at one point alex was like oh well maybe like it's just a bunch of letters but maybe it's like a double cipher. And if I translate this from Albed into English, <laughs> then it'll say something. And it was like, oh, there's literally no vowels. So it means nothing. Yeah. I was, I, I, was one in there. I was thinking how good it would be if you did finally translate it and it did have the Albed thing. And it just said, how do you keep an idiot busy for hours? <laughs> yeah. Turn the sign over. Um, <laughs> they just wrote gullible on the ceiling of this room. <laughs> <laughs> hey listeners. Uh, Literally the day after we record this, the kind folks over at the FF13 modding discord pointed out that the cipher that was published in the FF13 Ultimania Omega might be misprinted because there is an extra step in deciphering this code. So instead of just gibberish, this chamber actually does say pulse falsy number 15 on the plaque above it. Um, I thought that was cool. And, uh, yeah, I'll keep you posted if I find any more. But yeah, they're all kind of like in awe of this machine or this this thing that they're standing in front of. And uh, Snow kind of goes up to it and is like challenging it. He's kind of like yelling at it. And he's like... Yeah, he's already chewing out this big <laughs> Yeah, right. Which is not moving. Like, it doesn't like show any signs of being alive or anything. Um, and he's like... Sarah's a crystal now. You gave her a focus and she did it. You got what you want. Now let her go! <laughs> I love that he's 
he's trying to reason with this like literally it looks like a a, a water heater or something like, yeah it's like and i was like yeah, a was generator like, in the basement it'd be incredible egg on his face if that was not the fallacy and the fallacy was like over in the corner or something it's like it's a little fuck? guy like hi yeah. <laughs> yeah that's my jacuzzi buddy he's talking to the smoker like <laughs> but yeah he fallacy like meets he falls to his knees and like pleads with it. He's like, please turn her back. And then he like he offers. He's like, I tell you what, I'll be your fallacy. You can you can take me and then I'll I'll do it instead. Just let her go. Let's see. Yeah, I'll be your your. Oh, Lucy. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll be your Lucy. Um, and Lightning's like, fine, you go on begging. Like this thing gives a damn what we want, and she like walks up to it and is gonna like just fight it, right? It's real cool when she does this. She it, it kind of just shows her like unsheathing her you know cool gun sword thing and you kind of see it like transform into the sword shape and it's like i i love that animation it's so good but then she does what she did in the last episode uh, her answer for everything i guess yeah and just starts fucking like wailing on it with her sword she could just ask nicely again yeah Yeah. (laughs) but it like is just a big piece of metal so she's wailing on it and just nothing's happening her sword is just like bouncing off of it she does like a a big double-handed overhead strike on it and just bounces off of it yeah um but uh but you know she kind of has a moment where she's like it's this thing's fault the purge started it's people who are dying sarah told us to save cocoon that means this thing needs to die and so she's real, real adamant about it, but yeah. not actually getting anything done. Um, but then some lights. This thing kind of starts up, right? It starts up. Yeah. So it it's like the furnace in something. the basement of uh, Home Alone. <laughs> That's oh, right. That's Hello, right. Kevin. <laughs> uh, it starts. Uh, yeah. On, on the floor, there's like a lot of it. It kind of looks like flames, honestly. Like, um, mm-hmm. and then we see some gears turning and everything kind of gets, you know, incandescent and uh, it starts to open up a little bit. Yeah, yeah, there's like weird turbine things arising, but we will find out actually are manipulators. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's arms, but they like rise up from the floor. And yeah, it looks like little turbines. But that uh but that dome down the middle, it kind of opens and unfurls to reveal the uh, the fallacy inside. Who is also mechanical? Yeah. yeah, like there's like there's a big orange not orange, a big purple crystal in its chest. I mean, again, it kind of reminds me of Genova if it was like just made of like I know, just mechanical parts. Yeah, mostly M- more well, this, steampunk Genova. This is the uh, this is the Falsy Anima, and it reminds me of Anima from <laughs> FF10 a little bit. It reminds me of Van Halen. Anima, <laughs> Anima. Oh, that's right, because it has no uh, legs. Uh, yeah, in the way, yeah, it's like it's this weird, like upper torso of a creature, right? And uh, it has like dangling, like one of its. I almost thought it was arms at first until the fight starts, but there's like a big like kind of array of blades hanging off. Like I thought that was maybe its arm or something. Yeah, I saw that. But yeah, there are cogs and stuff. Like hope starts running out, but there's like no way back. I think one. Is- yeah, yeah, there's yeah. like a bunch of force field energy kind of uh, appears. I think it's the same type of energy that the uh, the seeth were kind of like just waltzing through earlier oh yeah, yeah it might be um but yeah it's it's very star wars uh episode one where you know trying to hit it with a lightsaber and like yeah. nothing's happening like you can't get through there you gotta just watch you gotta watch qui-gon fight darth maul alone it does seem like the fallacy is like like because i guess because it's mechanical in some way that it's like inextricably linked to the vestige because uh it's crystal in its chest flashes and that's like the moment the force field comes up and blocks hope from leaving right so yeah, it has yeah. like control of the entire facility it's almost like it's piloting this thing yeah yeah 
Which, like, the vestige does look like a big Gundam <laughs> top, so it kind of makes sense. Um, oh, yeah, there's this moment where, like, as we're facing down, I think once we realize we're kind of cornered and we're facing down Anima, it's spinning its little manipulators in front of it. There's, like, all these, like, TV monitors flashing on. Yes, with, like, I love that. With a glyph on. I actually forgot. I missed these screens at first. Yeah, yeah. But as they get ready to fight it, it's, like, it's kind of dark in the room in that shot or whatever, and a bunch of these, like, television screens that are all angled in different ways. They're all angled in every which way. Come on, mm -hmm. and they show that, like... I guess we haven't seen this yet, have we? That like tribal tattoo shape, or I guess we did. We saw I think it on we the did. doors. Yeah, we. Yeah. Did we also see it on? Uh, we might Sarah. see it on Sarah. I think yeah. we did. And Sarah, that's right. Yeah. So it's this glyph symbol. Yeah. Yeah, which is also on the door. That's the force field that just uh, was preventing hope from escaping. Right. Um, Saz says, uh, "Come on now, do you think we could really kill a foul sea?" Because uh, Lightning is getting her dukes up. She's ready to fight. Oh, yeah, she's, she's, she's in fucking both, yeah. go mode. Yeah, she's she's yeah. ready to go. Um, and she kind of just, again, ignores him and just is, you know, talking to herself, I think. And she just says, I'm doing this for Sarah. Um, and that kind of, like, makes uh, Saz, like, reflect for a second. And he just kind of, like, looks down and he just says, Dodge. Which is, yeah, uh, like, D-A-J-H. Uh, right. Presumably another name of someone that he's, you know, familiar with. Mm -hmm. I'm assuming someone he's related and to. And then the Chocobo chick pops up in Quays. Yeah. And that convinces him to be like, all right, I'm in. Yeah. yeah. yeah he literally says, I'm in. It's really good. As, as the Chocobo says, like, yeah, as long as you don't mind an amateur. Yeah. As he's pulling his guns out, it's so good. Yeah, he holds them really up and he good. goes, I got these things. Like, might as well use them. Like, <laughs> yeah. I fucking love him so much. And I'm then looking I at this subtitle file, and uh, I mentioned this, I think, a few days ago, where uh, in the. Uh, script file. There's these like abbreviations to kind of tell you who's speaking in the in the file. Says S Z is Saz, and like S N is Snow, L T is Lightning. But when a uh, Chocobo chick speaks, it says P I. So I have no idea. Like it's like <laughs> is his name Pi? Is his name Pico or something like that? He's yeah, a little cutie pie. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> so we're closer to figuring out what this chick's name may be. But yeah, we're just right into the battle, and that's where we get the first sign of what this thing is called, and it's Anima, as we mentioned. Yeah. And, what uh, uh what y'all think about the boss music? It's really manic. Yeah. It's it's odd. Wee, it's wee, a weird one. <laughs> I, I feel like it's very fitting. Yeah. It, like it's kinda uncomfortable. <laughs> the the thing I thought was interesting about it is that like and I guess this goes for a lot of Maha, uh a lot of Hamauzu's music, is that he doesn't like um he doesn't always have like a strong melody. You know what I mean? There's not like a main mm -hmm. melody to the song. It's just a lot of like chaotic chords and percussion. It was giving me some Seymour vibes because there's, oh, like, yeah. weird, like, there's this weird kind of house, like house organ going do 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 over yeah. it, like while there's like this really rumbling like uh, kick drummer. Like there's no bass or anything. It's just this very kind of mm -hmm. it's very fast and very strange. And yeah, not like, like anything we've heard before. The main like hook of it, I guess, or like what you would, I guess, what would be the place of a melody is just like three notes, like like up and down and it's it's real nice and it just kind of loops yeah just yeah. very very like slow like whole notes whatever and um then it kind of when it shifts to another part of the uh song it it, it still has that like hook i guess but it's like more warbly so it's 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 really cool i like it it is kind of ravey though which is kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. also what reminded me of seymour like it's just it's like it's very atonal now i miss the mm. oh <laughs> the noise <laughs> <of> <laughs> <Seymour>. oh. <laughs> that's right oh yeah. so anima has a 3300 hp um and its main so 
basically you're fighting it and it's two manipulators right these yeah. like arm turbines that it controls and um at the beginning of the fight it doesn't really use the manipulators uh for other for anything other than like simple physical attacks but importantly if you try to attack the main body of anima it has like a a big sweep like a big keep out move it reminds me of like the the sweep that like bed of chaos does where it like yeah. just sweeps across the whole room and then pushes at you back and like it kind of keeps you from doing like chain combos so if you try to get in its face and hit it twice it'll kind of like notice that you're in there and you might get the first hit but it'll sweep everybody out of the way and so the yeah. thing to do is take out the manipulators so that it spends time trying to uh revive those instead of keeping you out and that's like the main thing this was a cool fight um just because we've talked about it how this battle system definitely incentivizes you to just go fast so if it's your mm -hmm. first time doing this you'll just be like oh i just attack okay i can attack the boss i'm gonna go for that and i just started running in and it took me like a couple of turns of you know not utilizing the atb too well and getting counter hit before i even realized what was going on and then i was like oh i can attack these other things too like i, yeah. I really like how it's been doing that over and over again where it like my brain is kind of wired to not want to be uh, like strategizing at the beginning of a fight. And instead I'm just like, Oh, okay, let me see what happens. Then it's like, Oh yeah. They anticipated that I would do this exact thing. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's good in that way. And, and that's kind of the, the main meat of the battle, but it does change a little bit after anima goes below 1150 HP. Interesting. So at that point, if he has either of his manipulators out, He'll use a uh, attack. Let me find the name of it here. Burp, burp, burp. While you're finding that, I will say the sweep attack that he does is really cool because mm -hmm. the appendage that he uses for it is like, it's like four blades, but it's on like th three different joints. So like it, it's that's that thing we were talking about earlier. We couldn't tell what it was. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, it's, it looks like a piece of like farm equipment that's just dangling off of where its arm should be. Yeah. yeah, and each of the joints kind of are like independent of one another, so you can probably like fold it really easily and yeah. stuff. But mm -hmm. it's just like swiping at you, and just that it. I I love that. I really like the design in this game. Yeah, again, like a lots of asymmetry because it only has it like on one side, right? Which is kind of cool. And also, I just realized that uh, because the dome that opened up actually kind of like receded it behind itself, and there's like these little weird chains and stuff kind of hanging behind it. It's really. It's a really interesting aesthetic. Yeah, they, they look a little bit like wind chimes. <laughs> right. <laughs> Probably sound really nice in a gentle breeze. Yeah, yeah. Or like seaweed or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that attack that it uses is called Magical Projection. And uh, that can do over 100 damage to any of your party members who are like close enough to the body of anima or one of the manipulators that it's using. So... It kind of uh, it incentivizes you to shut those arms out even faster, like to really concentrate on those and try to get them out of the way, because it's going to start doing like some decent damage at that point. Yeah. Um, there's also a very interesting thing I'm reading here on the uh, on the fandom wiki about it that anima has the highest level of every enemy in the entire game <laughs> yeah so it is level 88 and i know that because while i was mashing away wildly trying to like <laughs> quickly take care of this boss battle i accidentally hit i think l1 on my controller yeah. and it just brought up the information about the battle like it, it paused the battle and showed me like you know the the chain resistance the stagger points um it didn't show like the drops or something status immunities it was still questioned i think you would have to use a move to get all that information but yeah, it shows yeah. you right there it's level and it's hp and that makes me think that this is kind of like the uh whose line is it anyway 
Final Fantasy game where <laughs> like the levels don't matter and like the yeah, numbers yeah. are all made up. <laughs> yeah, I heard that there's some math involved in what the levels actually do, but I noticed like, yeah. for some reason the levels get lower the more stronger the enemies are. It's, yeah, it's wild. Yeah, it's something about the math of it is the is the reason for that. Like so that you get the right number of like points coming out of it. It's also interesting that uh this game because I'm looking at the uh the data log they bother programming in that it's like immune to poison because I don't think we have any poison moves mm. or ability. We, we couldn't even use poison if, if we, we wanted, wanted to. to. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm curious, like why they make it like immune to poison. I know this is a very, I don't, I don't know that uh, anybody is actually keeping track of this, but did either of you get your score for this battle? <laughs> oh, I did. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think we would do the same thing we did in dirge. Like after yeah, no, boss, I like, like what idea. was your score? Yeah, definitely. I got five stars. I'm five stars. What, about that. what does the score thing above the five stars say? Oh, let you? me see. Let me get to that real quick. Because yeah. um, as we were going through, I also checked the um, the manipulator stats, and it literally it's level sixty six, which I guess is less intimidating than eighty eight, and uh, <laughs> it has three hundred hit points, so much oh, yeah. much faster to go down. And we don't actually level up at all, which we'll get to. <laughs> yeah. No. That's interesting. Yeah, um, I'm also looking through the manual right now just to see if they have it stated anywhere like oh hey uh the l1 button yeah it, it doesn't say anything about like checking like the boss stats or the enemy stats mm. that i can tell it, it may it do does that talk once... about the the battle system uh just immediately that we're going to talk about like i think next week <laughs> like the actual core mechanic of the battles in this game that we haven't gotten to yet yeah. but um it doesn't say anything about like hit this button and you can see the enemy's hp yeah sure I was gonna say it might um it might tell us to press that button once we find the Libra scopes. Yeah, maybe. Mm. Oh, you know what? I'm very fucking dumb, as I've proven time and time again. It says it right here. It wasn't L1. It was R1. I could have uh. swore I hit L1, <laughs> but it's R1. And it says view enemy intel with the R1 button. So there you have it. No, you know what? That's fine because you said L1 and in my head I was like, yes, that's the one on the right. And it's like, yeah. <laughs> like I, I envisioned on my controller that exact button and was like, yeah, that's L1. Yeah. <laughs> the one on the right side. Yeah. Anytime during battle, you can use R1 to show what you've learned about the enemy so far. So there's probably some things that will be question marks if you haven't used Libra or yeah. I guess haven't like sussed it out yourself. I don't know if you can like if you use poison and it was immune to it, will it just show up now in yeah. the screen that it's immune to it? We yeah. can talk more about this next time. I believe, though, that um, once you use the Libra scope and you've uncovered all that stuff, your party AI will realize it as well, and then they will take the 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 best path for fe uh, defeating an enemy. Oh, nice. Oh, nice. Yeah. Which uh, we'll probably get into more next time. So we'll see if I'm... I, I believe that's the case. It seems to be. Perhaps we'll have an expert speak on it. Perhaps. Perhaps we will. Um, but I was going to say, I was going to say, I got a 13,900 points. I don't know if that's good or bad. God damn. I, I got, I, I don't know if that's a good or bad. <laughs> I got 13,000. <000. laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, points per second is, uh, 50. So you, yeah, you beat it a little faster than I did. It's yeah. I've heard the math is because there's a target time of 319. And then you, if you go under it, I think they do some sort of like multiplier. Well, how how long was uh, the battle duration for you, Curtis? Oh yeah, let me see. Hold on. Rip. The target time is three minutes and nineteen seconds. Two minutes and one second. Yeah. See, so you did it much quicker than I did. I did uh, oh, two okay. minutes and nineteen seconds. Oh, okay. So I guess like yeah, there's some kind of like inverse multiplier for it. Hmm. I'm trying to think like maybe after like okay after X amount of time, 
it's this amount of points per second out of this time. Like your <laughs> the points per second maybe like scales depending on how, how well I'm one hundred percent sure that the the <laughs> the calculation is online and we could look it up right oh, now. Well, if you but want to I talk about calculation a little bit, um, I can see <laughs> in my chat right as we're at this screen, a uh, friend of the show, Zwanzig, was saying uh, that levels, I believe, are used in some calculations like target time, but it doesn't really tell you much about the overall strength ah, okay, of an okay. enemy. So, gotcha. In terms of that, like at least the level is dependent on that. Sure. Okay, that makes sense. Oh wow. Okay, yeah, I'm looking at FF13 is uh the score is calculated as target time minus battle durations multiplied by oh. points per second plus 10,000. Okay, the minus makes sense there then. So the sooner you do it, the the less of a subtraction yeah. you get from your your multiplier. Yeah. All right. So there's like there's yeah, so that's the uh, and then hitting the target time achieves a score of 10,000. Defeating the enemy either faster or slower the target time yields a higher or lower score. There's a whole lot of <laughs> The overall, There's a whole lot of uh, formulas here. Uh, the overall point that I was trying to make is I found another thing to be shitty and competitive about. And, <laughs> and I was like, ooh, <laughs> we can turn FF13 into a multiplayer game. We can turn this into a pissing contest. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I was watching uh, our fr both of our friends, uh, Ninnies and Swanzig, uh, practice some speedrun techniques in this area. And it's funny, we're like, I was in the chat too, and we we're like trying to figure out like because there's certain uh, d drops you can get if you like nail a certain duration time. Oh wow! So like they're trying to like farm, uh, I think shrouds and stuff like that, so they can just um, kind of wander past enemies later. And it's just funny like we're trying to like okay, where in the music do we hit the button? And we're just like trying to find like okay like uh, <laughs> da, 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 like okay like when the horns come in or whatever or when the guitars come in. <laughs> like, it's always like fun weird little like trial and error. With, that's like, very cool. <laughs> that's that's really interesting. There was actually just um friend of the pod uh, Regal uh, Chad Dark Souls one speedrunner <laughs> uh, recently found an optimization in Dark Souls. Um, Primarily, I think, in the all-bosses route. I think it's the only time you really have to do this. But uh, when you're going back to the Undead Asylum and you have to wait, like, 20 seconds for the crow to, like, pick you up, if you quit out right as you get into that cutscene, you'll spawn there faster and it'll, like, throw off the AI and you can kind of just run forward um, immediately and not have to worry about anything. It saves, like, four seconds or something insane. Um, and he found out that the best way to time it is to just watch the breathing cycle of, like, the undead that you're controlling and just <laughs> count 11 breathing cycles and then quit out and it's completely consistent. So now, like, <laughs> top runners are just sitting there for 20 seconds counting to 11. <laughs> for this, maybe just watching Vanille's bobs or something. Yeah, 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 right, yeah exactly. Yeah. Oh, so here it is. Um, in the battle uh, results on the wiki, uh, or uh, sorry, on the Phantom wiki, I think it's a bouncer. So like, the reason they're like trying to find the sweet spot is because they don't want to take too much time to get like a, a one or zero stars. But the worst you do in battle, the more likely they are to give you a shroud. It's like, wow, you suck at this. Yeah. You want to skip a few battles? Oh, that's, wow. what we, that's what they, uh, in, in the Resident Evil uh, games, would call difficulty adjustment, or DA for short. So, yeah, if you get two stars, you get like a 2x shroud drop rate. One star is four, and zero stars is eight. Damn. That's that really of, interesting. It's the in likelihood of you getting a shroud depends on how bad you're doing. Now, this that goes really deep into just like speedrun brain of just being like, okay, how worth it? Is, is this shroud yeah. that I need the time loss of not beating the battle fast enough and losing like a minute here versus 
later on when we're going to have to get into a battle and the likelihood yeah. of us needing the shroud in order to get past and that's really that's what i love they're weighing the options like is the 20 seconds worth losing here or later yeah like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, I will say the uh, the Zverg scandroids that we fight at the very beginning of Chapter 2 do drop Deceptisols. So if you're playing a casual playthrough, it might be worth it to try to get zero stars on that battle. Oh, nice. So, so anyway. What drops did you guys get in this fight? Oh, hold on. Let me let me pull up my results. I got uh, Doctor's Code. Oh, yeah. Doctor's yeah. Code. Which I was like that I I immediately forgot about that and didn't actually look it up in game. But uh, look, researching it after the fact, uh, it doubles the restorative effects of potions, which is really cool. Again, like yeah. kind of just reminiscent of Final Fantasy X, when you kind of get um, that thing that you can put on a weapon, like a, a similar effect, and then you can like really get some good use out of Albed potions or whatever. Like I'm really liking that this game's battle system is combining all of the best parts that I loved of Final Fantasy X's <laughs> battle system. Sure. But yeah, I would say that's the end of Anima, right? Like, yeah. not, not, nothing too crazy. It literally only has two attacks. Like, <laughs> it, You don't see it go poof. It just suddenly time stops and you realize that you won. It's kind of Yeah, yeah it's weird. very strange. So you just see lightning or whatever just land the last hit. Yeah, actually, uh, it, it's interesting, too, because as we'll get into um, here in a minute, like this very next scene, uh, with what we see there, along with some of the data logs, it kind of threw off my understanding of what was happening next so i think i think it'll be interesting to look at but like you said we kind of we finish it off right and when the battle ends we're no longer in that room anymore yeah yeah the the crystal or uh, anima starts glowing and basically fades to white and we're in this really like ethereal space we see like a close-up in a dark void of like a green crystal glowing and that is the only light source in this scene yeah. it's very weird it's very dark it's very uh high contrast but everything's only green or black it's very jarring like how yeah. just moody this salt and, and just to yeah. clarify like we don't like teleport here or arrive here in any way the We're scene just is just here, here. yeah yeah it's it's like just... we saw the last thing we saw was anima like outside of the results screen, we just see Anima kind of floating there and doing like an idle animation, basically. And then it just immediately, like the screen goes to black and then phases in onto this. Yeah. But uh, the party members are like floating, suspended in midair, right? And there, yeah. there's no like obvious up or down in this room either. Yeah, it's very hard to describe what's happening. Um, the scene in general. There's very grainy images of like church bells. That seem yeah, to be attached to like tendrils that are ringing. They sound like uh, Taco Bell bells. It <laughs> might be fourth meal, and we <laughs> yeah, kind of hear it's, it's... we hear some chanting. That's, I mean, I, the reference that I had for it I was like, oh, it's like the hymn of the faith plus Taco Bell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the hymn of the Taco Bell. Um, but yeah, we see this like burst of green like energy or fire kind of come from one side of this. I guess it looks like we're in like a weird chamber or something. Yeah hits the crystal yeah and then it something kind of unfurls or kind of comes to vision which yeah we see the the, the donging bells and then we zoom out and we see kind of this thing like a, this creature this creature mech god thing yeah which with lots of uh glyphs and shit on which it. i thought when i was younger that this was true anima or something right yeah phase but, uh, two oh no is this the spirit of anima or whatever yeah and if you read the data that's logs, kind of what i'm thinking if we're if we're in like a nether space is this like the actual like 
That's what I thought, Spirit. too. And then when you read the data logs, the data logs say that we <laughs> killed it. The data logs are like lightning and everybody killed that thing. And with its last breath, it sends us to another dimension. <laughs> is what it says in the data logs. So I was like, damn. Oh, OK, well, that's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Which again, like, does take a little bit of the uh, mysticality away from it. Like, I kind of wish that, like, it didn't explain that to us and we could just sit here and be like, what the fuck? Yeah, it goes to a new cutscene. That's what. Yeah, uh, it, <laughs> the third dimension. It sends us to a new cutscene. Exactly. Yeah, it, it takes us out of the in-game dimension and sends us into the FMV <laughs> dimension. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Some say life is pre-rendered, and uh, we can't. <laughs> we can't change our fate. Um, that's a really good joke, actually. Um, Manifest rendering. <laughs> but yeah, there's this very like. Um, it's kind of almost. Um, like I have to watch it a few times because it's like it took a few watches for me to realize this thing had a face. Yeah. yeah. Because there's so many light sources and like you see like around its arms and stuff, there's like these spinning like like mechanical just elements that are kind of rotating and spinning. <laughs> like it's made of chains and it's also mechanical or blades and stuff. Yeah. It, it's interesting. It very much made me think of uh like the FMV with Genova's face in Final Fantasy Seven. Like that, I couldn't get because like it's you don't really get a great look at the face, but it's kind of a similar presentation of it. But yeah, there's a snapback zoom, and we see our party looking at it, and like this is like a great shot. But like yeah, there's like tons of just moving parts on this thing. It's just like I think it's kind of supposed to be somewhat incomprehensible. Yeah, yeah, yeah I agree. Like you were saying, it's very like kind of cyber eldritch. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the best kind of eldritch. <laughs> um, but then these uh, wispy like tentacles, much like. Uh, Shulk's last SND. Into, uh, <laughs> I thought you were going to say, Omega. much like one of my Japanese animes. <laughs> um, but yeah, you're right. There are bells hanging off of it as well. But um, our party is uh, enveloped in these uh, energy tentacles. Isn't yeah. that a, a statement when um, you're like really excited to be somewhere? You're like, I'll be there with bells on. This motherfucker took that shit literally. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it... um. Yeah, yeah. It, it, like the, it ensnares all of our party, and then we get a shot of its, like, hand, I guess, like a human kind of looking hand, if I remember correctly, glowing red, or not red, glowing white, and just firing energy out that then hits everyone in the party, and they kind of start getting, like, branded, basically. Yeah. That, we get that. one shot of at least uh, Snow's arm getting uh, branded with the same kind of glyph that uh, Sarah had. Yeah. Yeah. This helps that we're watching all this like slowly, because if you watch this in game, there's really no way to slow it down. Yeah. No, no, it's all pretty fast. A lot of so. this is like blank and you'll miss it. Yeah, we, we yeah. see lightning get hit in the chest, snow get hit in the arm, and then snow gets dropped by like the tendrils and starts falling, and it's like all in slow mo, and we kind of get a zoom in shot directly into his eye, and then we get a transition to another scene. Yeah. Yeah. Really moody. Uh, yeah, and the scene we transition to is seeing the outside of the vestige, right? No, actually, we're seeing, like, flashes of this thing black and white. Yeah, we're seeing, fla like, black and white flashes of just... This is the, uh, this is the focus. Yeah, spoiler, it's the focus. <laughs> uh, it's incomprehensible as well. It happens literally in a flash. Uh, we just see a lot of flashing images that just look like a lot of destruction. Cities, maybe there's, like, creatures with weird arms. Uh, it's very quick and vague. It's things, like, exploding or engulfed in water. It reminds me of, like... 
experimental David Lynch film. <laughs> like it's all very grainy too, like that, like all black and white and grainy. Yeah, sometimes it seems to be as quick as like you get one frame of a shot into another shot into another shot, and then some I think linger a little longer. We get a little bit more yeah. going on there, but it's it's very uh, distressing. Like it it yeah. doesn't look like a good time is happening. Mm-mm. And then quickly we get outside of the vestige. Yeah. Which we, I, th- I assume is uh, in current time because it's not black and white anymore. Right, yeah, right. Yeah, that's how you know. If, if you're ever in an area that is in black and white, uh, you probably time traveled to the past when everything was in <laughs> black and white. And then the uh, the uh, the vestige, because we're seeing the outside of the vestige, right? And we're seeing um, all the different... Um, uh, it's still kind of ensnared in like psychoms or sanctums like beams. I was going to yeah. say, you see the, the psychom vehicles and like ships kind of surrounding the, the it. The Laffy Taffy. and Yeah, yeah, it's got those Laffy Taffy uh, uh, shots going The nerd's going rope it. that was shot through <laughs> it. Um, but from the inside out of it bursts a shit ton of fucking crystals. Yeah, it like crystallizes, but also like it grows. It grows it's like, yeah. it's like when you're watching a crystal grow. It's just, yeah. If you ever done like those cool science uh, experiments, it, it just yeah. got cursed by a basilisk in Dark Souls. <laughs> <laughs> just growing a bunch of crystals. <laughs> but yeah, this thing fucking ex- lets out a huge shockwave that just completely like devastates Hanging it, Edge. Right. It yeah. tears down every Hanging Edge building in the entire place. Just rips them out of the ceiling. Goodbye, Godot. Goodbye, McKee. Yeah, goodbye, yeah. goodbye, McKee. Goodbye, Godot. Rip goodbye, all of LeBro. our friends. It has, it has a bunch of pulses that just absolutely decimates everything. I think it has like three just like mm. orbs of light in the center of it, like pulsing and shooting out shockwaves. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It gets just like different waves, like bong, bong, bong. Yeah. It lets itself loose. It was able to like break free from the the sanctum uh, tethers and it's just falling. Yeah, and it falls into some sort of like large body of water like perhaps an ocean perhaps oh, we, some sort of lake yeah we were actually talking Mayhap. about that i think on an older episode we were like what is down there and it is a yeah. it's water it is water down there yeah it's it well, that's good and uh it, it as it's landing in this water uh it's sending out more pulses and it just crystallizes all of the giant yeah. waves in an, an extremely cool looking way it's it's awesome. Like it, it causes all these giant like tidal waves, and then mm-hmm. they crystallize while in motion. Yeah, so they're just, just like, completely frozen. Yeah, it's wild. Like this is my I think so far my favorite FMV just because of like how many visual like styles are just kind of getting thrown at you. Like first we're like in this black kind of eerie moody void, then we're like in this dense back like, in that green, and then black and white, and then back in the green, and all of a sudden everything is just bright blue and extremely high contrast and ethereal and strange yeah it's it's wild it's a real roller coaster of uh aesthetics and uh moods it, it's also interesting too that like because that first shockwave it sent out disrupted the hanging edge and like pulled all those buildings down and uh threw all the roads into the ocean or the lake i guess below um they're in the lake when it crystallizes and so there's like chunks of road and buildings just like sticking up out of it as well yeah, the vestige is nice and uh, upright, though. It is. Yeah, yeah. and it, it's it's nice, too, because we kind of just see it stabilize. Like, the vestige is just right there. It's now, like, an oppressive structure just in the in the sky a little bit. Or not in the sky, but in the distance. It's doing a T-pose. Doing a T-pose, uh, asserting its dominance. And we kind of see that, like, blue light sort of, like, fading away into it. And then we get this really nice shot of just, like, stillness and, like, a bunch of particles like snow around it it's it's mm-hmm. it's really beautiful like it's it's 
horrifying. This is probably just as like awful as like the event that happened in Kilika in Final Fantasy X <laughs> in terms of like what actually happened. But this is way more beautiful. <laughs> yeah, it definitely does straddle like this line of being like very visually pleasing and also kind of like horrific at the same time. Yeah. We fade to black and we do hear another Vanille voiceover. Mm-hmm. When I couldn't see a future and I was afraid. When the future was clear and it hurt to see, I'd just close my eyes and lose myself in happier days. These happy days are yours and mine. These happy days. Oh, I also wanted to bring up, we didn't mention it last episode, but um, during the last kind of talk over when uh, after Sarah turned to Crystal, you said like, Vanille says, does becoming Lissy really mean losing everything? But we missed that. She actually says Sarah like she was actually speaking to her. Oh, that's right. Vanille may know Sarah at some point. Hmm. That's interesting. true. Adding a wrinkle to that. But but regardless, I think it's interesting that she says I would lose myself in happier days because the scene that comes up next is a flashback. Yeah. Um, of a day, no less. I think it might be. A, I think it might be a good time to take a break, though, before we get to that. I agree. Before we get lost in happier days. That's right. I'm going to go <laughs> see if my, my piss has turned to crystal. Monday <laughs> to pistol. Tuesday. Yeah. Happy days. <laughs> my, yeah, lose yourself in Monday Thursday. Tuesday. Happy days. Okay, whatever. <laughs> I'll be. I'll be back. See you in a bit. Next, we get prompted to save our game. Oh, that's, that's right. True. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> How'd that go for y'all? Uh, well, it was a little tricky, um, but I think I got it. I hit okay, and then I... I'm not good at menuing. Oh, yeah, menuing is where you save all the time. Yeah. Ask any speedrunner. And then we're, as I think Carl said, Xanarkand. Yeah, it it just looks like um, a cross between Xanarkand and like uh, Balam Garden from Final Fantasy VIII. Uh, it's a really nice looking area. It's nighttime, tropical. Beautiful little song is playing. It kind of it gives me uh, Besaide vibes as well, just because it it seems like a place that I would like to be in. I was gonna say it reminds me of Besaide. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, the fashion beach. is very uh, Besaide like. Yeah, and we're and we're on the beach, right? Like we're kind of like uh, around some. Like little shops and buildings that are kind of on the on the seaside, right? Yeah, there's a cool like hybrid animal that that uh, <gasps> is flying in the dock. It's the, like a bird, bird. fish. Is oh, bird is that fish? a bird fish? Okay, I was thinking it was like a seagull crossed with like a tropical bird, but oh, maybe to right. me it looked like a fish with the wings and feet of a bird. <laughs> oh, it does have like duck feet, but yeah, it does have an yeah, upturned, uh, upturned beak. It's just kind of strange. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very cool looking. It's very pretty. But we pan over, like it looks like a resort or something, and then we pan up and there's like a dome with fireworks in it. Yeah, it's basically yeah, a blitzball yeah. stadium, but instead of being filled with water, uh, it's filled with fireworks. <laughs> yeah, which is <laughs> much like, cooler. I thought it was very funny because like this is a very... Uh, technologically advanced world and i was like i think it's very funny that they have this like 
safety mechanism in place for everybody so like all the fireworks go off in a protective dome so like nobody gets hurt by them you know what i like to think dogs love it i was gonna say i like to think that that is also a noise canceling dome perhaps like a silent disco where you can put on oh. some you know cool noise canceling headphones or whatever and listen to the show if you want to uh oh, control the idea. decibel level so you can still get the good boom from the from the happy fireworks you know and your like, dogs aren't like, going crazy yeah exactly that's a great idea. Um, but we do see uh, a nice little title card that says Day 11, the seaside city of Bodom, which we know uh, is where Hope and uh, his mom are from. Yeah. All oh, no, were they from there or were they just visiting? Because I, I, oh, I right, they were visiting. They, were visiting. they, they yeah. just went there. Like, imagine if you're like, yo, I'm so fucking excited. I finally get to go to fucking Wildwood. It's going to be great. <laughs> and then the cops just break in and like there's like a COVID outbreak yeah. and they're just like, okay, everyone needs to go and be sent to the fucking yeah. sewers or whatever. <laughs> I will say in the data logs that uh, it, it actually does say in the data log for this section that Bodum is where snow sarah and lightning are from okay so this is their hometown well not necessarily hometown but this is at least where they're living yeah this is where they started their their band in the scene so they on their myspace page they can say they're from here but really <laughs> well, they're it, from connecticut <laughs> <laughs> if you consider nora their band then that's correct it is from here so. yeah exactly <laughs> because the location so we're basically like the first person we see that we know is snow right and uh, and he's wandering into lebro's cafe like that's oh cool oh yeah I do. There is a sign. It says beach house on the. Oh okay, so on the sign that's it says beach house. I literally was translating as you all were just. That's talking. so good. Uh, oh, yeah. Isn't that a band as well? Uh sure. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, this place looks real nice. We we see a bunch of people on the beach as well, and then we can kind of see. I forget. I don't remember any characters' names. I'm sorry. You uh, just got some drinks. Yeah, use. You just holding the what I thought he at first I thought he was holding like Roman candles because it was like fireworks time or whatever. They're really skinny. He's double fisting Super. two Zimas in each hand. Yo, these are the thinnest Zimas. <laughs> They're real thin Zimas. They're the watermelon flavor because it's like a nice pink on the top yeah. and it kind of gets into a gradient into well, I the I thought green. it was like a jalapeno or something. <laughs> They're hot sauces. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just got a fuck ton of Cholula. <laughs> They're doing uh, some yeah. hot ones. Nora yep. edition. <laughs> Snow, when he's walking inside of this place, he like kind of bumps into these two girls who are leaving or whatever, and he's like, oh shit, I'm sorry. And one of them says to the other one, do you know him? And she goes, no, but I'd like to. <laughs> yeah, dude. See, and I was he's like, cool as hell, And the thing is, dude. I was like, I fucking am so tired of this game telling me, please think Snow is cool. Please think Snow is cool. But here's the thing. I'm like, he's not. Snow is cool in no, this not. scene. Yes, he is. <laughs> and even better, he's a kept man. So he is not going to be, uh, you know, straying from the love of his life because these these uh, these clubbing girls are interested. <laughs> I'm speed translating because there's like, oh, there's more. There's more. Uh, there's more text. Ba Bago? What? Bago. Bago. <laughs> Bagu. It's out of focus. <laughs> I was trying to translate the um the soda machine behind LeBrow. Oh, uh, okay. It's a Schrader brow. So anyway, Snow goes into the uh the cafe <laughs> and uh he's essentially looking well he he talks to LeBro and the LeBro just says, Oh, she said she's gonna meet you in the usual place. Yeah. So he's he's looking for Sarah, right? right? And he's like, Oh, thank you, okay, and he he kinda like walks out right but uh 
Importantly, she's Le- she's she's a good bartender because there's uh, someone at the bar yeah. that I think might end up being important because they kind of linger on this shot for a while, and it yeah. seems like a a lot of a lot of uh, time seems to have gone into designing this character. It has a lot of polygons from the very limited scope we can see. Also, everyone's wearing those weird like skin tight like uh, leotards or like everyone looks like they're wearing like water suits for the most part, unless yeah. you're a major character. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. This, this is a a custom, uh, just a custom looking character. So I think yeah. probably important. But um, Lebro says, "Oh, sorry about that," and hands um, hands them a drink and says, "Now, who do you say you were looking for?" And I want to talk about the drink for a second because it looks like it looks like it's got a big wiener in it. <laughs> it's it's it looks like it's a hot dog and cherry <laughs> martini of some kind. Maybe this is a Limp Biscuit themed drink, and it's the hot, hot dog, do- hot dog, <laughs> the hot dog smelling water, flavored water, <laughs> the hot dog flavored water. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah. The uh, the guest she she takes the the martini or whatever and kind of just holds it for a second and the camera lingers on her face for a while but we don't see her whole face we just see her mouth and down right yeah mm. and the cool but, braids in her hair yeah all we can tell is she has like long black hair and like a blue like tunic kind of thing that she's wearing yeah but uh but it, it the camera is like remember this person <laughs> yeah it, it, i mean it happens quickly like um but the fact that this scene is happening and we're you know trying to pay attention to what snow's doing this right. presumably might be a snow memory um the fact that it kind of lingers here is like a little, a little interesting. I agree. Um, but Snow goes out. He finds where Sarah is. She's kind of on like a little bridge in between two sections of the resort town, right? And she's like praying or something. Sure. Yeah. She got her, she got her hands together. I think it, she's making a wish, I believe, because that's what Snow says. He's yeah. like, "Oh, are you making a wish?" I do and- like how Snow is preparing himself to to go up to Sarah. He he looks at her, he kind of stops in his place, and he punches both of his fists together twice, and he goes, all right, like, here goes, or something. Like, yeah, he's, yeah. He's, he's psyching himself up. He does something. everything with his fists. Yeah. yeah. Um, he punches his way out of any plan. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he asks her if she's making a wish. Sarah notices that he's there, and it's like, oh, well, maybe I was. I was hoping tomorrow I could tell my sister. She'll be so mad knowing that I hid it from her. And, uh, we, you know, we don't know what it is yet, right? Right. And uh, Snow says, don't worry, I'll take the blame for you. And then he he kind of mentions the fact that she's, like, making a wish. And, and he's like, you know, you should wish for something bigger. These are wish-granting fireworks, like, in the stories. And in my I notes, love that he's just always talking about the stories. He's just, like, he <laughs> believes every fucking myth that he's ever heard. I know. In my in my notes, I wrote down Facebook in, users. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I wrote down in my notes in all caps, wish granting fireworks like in the stories. And I was yeah, just like, you know? Snow, you dumb asshole. <laughs> Maybe he's just a little flustered. Maybe he's just like nervously saying something and he's like, You fucking idiot, wish granting fireworks? You sound like a dipshit. Well, it, apparently that's like agreed upon. Like No, that's a, a thing in this yeah, universe. That's a thing yeah. in this world. Yeah. <laughs> wish granting fireworks. Which, like, I like the idea that, like, because I, I feel like in real life, most quote-unquote wish-granting things are, like, natural occurrences, like comets and such, right? <laughs> like shooting stars. Like, or... a, like a fountain that you throw a quarter into, yeah. <laughs> or a fountain, yeah. 
Now, this is a wish-granting gun. If you, <laughs> you shoot this gun, I mean, technically, wish. depending on what how dark your wishes are, a, a gun could be a wish-granting. <laughs> I mean, these fireworks could have mana drives on them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, she kind of just uh, reflects on that for a second, and um, she says, uh, stories, huh? Let's see who fulfill their focus. They become crystal and gain eternal life. Like in the stories. Just like, like in the stories. Just like in the stories. Just like in my Japanese anime. <laughs> And Snow says, it'd help if they gave you some clue about what you're supposed to do. Which gives you, like, the context for this, that, like, she has already become a Lassie at this point, right? Yeah. And yeah, they kind of linger on her arm, which has, like, maybe, I think, a bandage covering up her uh, brand. Yeah. Right, right. Which, like, understandably so, if she's, like, around a bunch of other uh, cocoonians, right? Who would probably yeah. flip the fuck out if they saw that. Yeah, it, 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 or it could be maybe we're jumping to conclusions. Maybe she just got a sick tattoo, and lightning might be very anti-tattoo. So oh, that's you know, true. It's hard that's to break true. that that news to family members sometimes. <laughs> when I told my dad that I got a tattoo uh, for the first time, I still had the bandage on it, and I was just like, he was like, "Oh, cool! Like, can I see it?" And I was like, I like put my sleeve up and like went to show him. I'm like, "Well, I still got the bandage on it," and he smacked it. <laughs> I was like, "Dude, what the fuck?" <laughs> he was like, uh, "He didn't care. Like, he wasn't like anti-tattoo or anything. He was just, you know, that was just funny." <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. Um, but yeah, Snow says, "I will figure this thing out. You'll never be one of those monsters." <laughs> Which I feel like was not the right thing to say, but because she like kind of turns away and is like, mm-hmm. oh, what will I be then? A crystal? <laughs> and um, recognizing that he has gone down the wrong path, he quickly diverts and yeah. is like, oh, yesterday at the store, I got us something. And he produces like a little necklace, right? That I think has cocoon on it. Oh, OK. Yeah, right. It has like a little um, little dangly bits. Yeah, yeah, I think we actually see this briefly in the, the last cutscene, but she had it in her hair or on her neck. I don't remember where she ended up. Yeah, it. and you can see yeah. Snow wearing this as well. Yeah. In in previous scenes of the game. Right. I also like, it, it does linger on the, as he's talking to her and showing her this, it shows the fireworks. And there's a cool little, like, I don't know if it's like a, kind of like a Chinese lantern sort of thing there's something kind of just floating around in there that looks like a little satellite that's just very nice and glowing and stuff but it also just looks like a porygon z i'm like yo shit this game has porygon in it hell yeah i love this (laughs) yeah and uh yeah the scene gets real romantic real Mm -hmm. fast and kind of in a sad way which uh yeah which is understandable i mean yeah man she just it's it's like finding out your uh your loved one has cancer and then deciding to like ask to marry them regardless yeah Yeah, which which i kind of which is yeah i I mean that's a sweet thing as well you know it's really yeah yeah, it's it's effective i think this seems even though like this is so early in the game i felt like it was it it, it hit pretty well i think i agree yeah i i I, I, and this is another instance of me being like i don't know guys snow's winning some points no this is this is plus points this is plus definitely a dipshit but he says like don't know much about jewelry but i hope you like it and he puts the neck he's wearing the necklace and he puts the necklace around her neck as well as she's like she's like crying for understandable reasons i will stand by you no matter what happens i'm yours forever sarah my one my only. Will you marry me? And it's very sweet. It's it's really it nice. is. It is. Yeah. It is. Because like good. I mean, think of how everyone else reacts to the the Lassie. Everyone's like, "You need to get the fuck away from me" and stuff. And he's like, 
true himbo energy. He's like, I don't give a fuck about that shit. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I heard legends about them like turning into crystals and having eternal life. I love you. I'm gonna fucking marry you, and we're gonna live forever or whatever. Like, I don't, I don't yeah. care. I won't think any deeper than that. I just know I love you. You, you get, you really see too that like the thing that Sarah is looking at right now is like not only like certain death, regardless of like victory or failure, yeah, but also like absolute estrangement from the all of society right like, yeah mm-hmm. so just like, ostracization yeah from from everyone and everything and so like it does it, it's a very uh deep gesture for snow to be like yeah not only will i remain around i will be even more around mm-hmm. <laughs> so like yeah. that yeah plus points to snow in that one and i will say like i do think that like this and the next scene here coming up I feel like the dialogue is incredibly anime cheesy, but oh, yeah, for sure. I think the strength it's a Final of, Fantasy game. It is. <laughs> but I think the strength of the voice actors do it so much justice. Like they fucking mwah, pull it mm-hmm. off incredibly, both of them. Yeah. It's a really sweet scene. But um she obviously she says yes. She seems overjoyed. You can really see it in the expressive faces that th- this game has. Um Snow is also cheering. He says she says yes and he picks her up and spins her around and everything and it's it's really it's really cute. He also is very towering compared He's to her. He's huge compared to her. He is a big fucking dude and she is she is quite She's small. Very She's small. got small yeah. stature. To which I was like, "Oh, okay. Here's my way of thinking he's not so great." What's the age difference here? And I think we looked it up. I think Snow is like 21 and Sarah is like 19. Okay, yeah. So it's like... Is that what it was? A young couple. She might be 18. I forget. I'm pretty sure it said 19, but let me check. Sarah I mean, age. it's a Final Fantasy game. They're 40 and 35. So Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's why they look like old people. Like like the <laughs> most ancient people you've ever seen. 18. IRL. 18, okay. Oh, maybe I was thinking Vanille is 19. I think, yeah, that's mm-hmm. what I was thinking of. No, either way. Um, Snow age. Hang on, I want to make sure I'm not <laughs> speaking out of turn. Yeah, he's 21 years old. So, you know, not the best IRL age difference um, for that sort of thing, but They're still also m- way not the worst. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, they're more or less adults. Yeah, and plus, I yeah. mean, it's it's also the timing of the situation of like, well, she's a lassie. Like, if I was going to wait a couple of years or whatever, kind of don't have that option anymore. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so the scene cuts over to moments later when they're both on like a hover motorcycle again. <laughs> you like flying motorcycles? <laughs> <laughs> is this? Oh, yeah. This is when it actually goes into like full FMV. Yeah. Yeah. And it's very cute because he's sitting like in the motorcycle driving it and she's in front of him sitting backwards. Right. Yeah. She's sitting like side saddle. Uh, sideways. Right? Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah side yeah. saddle. Which is very cute. Yeah. It's a very uh, cliche way where it's like, this is the most dangerous way to ride a fucking bike is on your side therefore the coolest obviously it's because you're wearing a dress or whatever but you will just slip right off if you make a wrong turn i i'm um, sure snow won't make any wrong turns no no he's, he's too smart for that i'm sure um, it won't be dangerous at all but they're they're like just slightly above the the sphere containing all this fireworks right and it's like I a very romantic around scene the water yeah mm-hmm. oh yeah and it's a very like romantic scene it's very like well lit right like there's a lot of like effects going on here um and he's like oh gotta love these fireworks they granted my wish and she's like mm-hmm. oh your wish and he's like haha before i asked you to marry me i wish that you would say yes which is like you know, whatever um that's how you know they work i mean i can't knock i can't knock them because before i asked um my sarah to marry me i did say it was on my birthday when i proposed and i did say i did want one more thing for my birthday right before i proposed to her so 
I can go with that, them on this know, cheesy that's, line. That's ten times better. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't have any wish. Um, we're, we're we're working class folk. We didn't have any wish granting fireworks. <laughs> and if we did, we would probably you know wish for like the downfall of capitalism or something like in a in a positive way, not like the way that it's already happening and causing misery to all of us. And fireworks in the suburbs is a fucking nightmare. Yeah. 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 I'm surprised my house didn't catch on fire during the 4th of July because of my uh, <laughs> my mostly good neighbors who are just a little over-eager on that holiday. Real patriots. Yeah. Well, she says. <laughs> <laughs> then she says, yeah, then maybe they'll grant mine too. Which mm-hmm. I, I think her wish is very funny. Uh, because it, I think I, it's hilarious. I think it's hilarious because I think it like starts characterizing lightning a little bit. Um, and that she says, like, my wish is that I have the courage to tell lightning that I've become a Lassie, right? Yeah. And, like, knowing the very little that we know about lightning right now, I'm like, God, yeah, she would be awful to talk to about literally anything ever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that's a good way of looking at it. Also, I think it might do a good characterization of just Sarah as well, because, like, she's, it, it kind of shows that she's a realist. You know what I mean? Like, she... You would think like, oh, like yeah. I am going to wish that I am not a Lassie. That would be the obvious wish here, you know. I would, oh, I sure. would wish that you know, the people of Cocoon are you know not subject to all of this horror that's going on that everyone's afraid of. No, she's just like, I can't wish for that because that's never going to happen. That's so unrealistic that it's not even worth wasting a wish on. I'm just going to wish that I would have the courage <laughs> to tell my asshole older sister yeah, about say, this which... horrible thing that affects me primarily, <laughs> but by <laughs> extension her, so she might Waiting be mean about it. Thanksgiving to come out. Frankly, lightning, yeah. being, <laughs> lightning being cool about something might be more impossible than saving Cocoon <laughs> from all yeah, Maybe she's not a realist now that <laughs> yeah. I think about it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but Snow just again deflecting the conversation to happier things. He says, "Hey, our engagement is way bigger news." Plus oh, points man, again. Like, Plus points. Uh, yeah, I can't wait to see your face. Like whether it's intentional or not, it's effective. You know, no, he I might just it. be dumb and like self-centered on it and not actually doing it to make her not think of the sad thing. But uh, it, it's great. And oh yeah, like I like that. He's like, "Oh, I can't wait to tell your sister about our engagement." I, yeah, I can't is, wait to see your face. She'll yeah, be my new sister. Yeah. He's he's into the idea of having her as a sister, which is funny. And we should say that like during this, right? He like purposely drives the motorcycle into the the sphere where into all the fireworks the sphere are. Again. Yeah. <laughs> and so like <laughs> this the, doesn't seem dangerous at all. It doesn't seem dangerous at all. And there's like fireworks blowing up all around them. Like and They're now they are not through protected through them. The 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 fire the, the the embers of the firework that are floating down. Very yeah, beautiful. Yeah. The lighting effects here are really good. As Alex said, uh, this is that like Square Enix really flexing. You know, post Advent children, post spirits within, being like, yeah, check out all this fucking CGI technology yeah. we got, I, and it and looks like really the, good. The facial animations on these characters are incredible. Yeah, even incredible. the fucking like shitty stubble that Snow has, which is a look I'm not that big of a fan of. Even that looks good. Yeah, it's it's stubble always makes CG characters look 
better because it adds texture to people's uh, skin that isn't like, it's uh, not as which is a big thing lately <laughs> because of like she hulk versus normal hulk normal hulk has stubble she hulk does not so it makes her look more cg yeah and it's like it, and it's interesting too because i feel like hair effects are always kind of difficult and a beard would be really hard to kind of make look realistic mm. um especially with ps3 technology uh so stubble is a good like middle ground where it's like oh yeah this looks realistic because we don't have to render too much to make it look like a, a believable kind of facial hair yeah it's nice there's uh the music changes we hear uh, i think it's called sarah's theme which is basically the the title screen music but with lyrics yeah it's the title theme music which we also heard a different version of it i'm not sure what that track is called in game just in the in the first scene that we saw on uh bodum with Hank schrader it was like a little you know yeah yeah yeah. it's a little uh swingier it's it's a little like more upbeat and you know just right. again a certain motif being a theme throughout the uh, the entirety of a final fantasy game which is pretty common it's the sadeki of this game yeah it is yeah. yeah it's the it's the eyes on me of this game it's the uh Aerith theme i uh, guess of. memories of life is that the yeah. ff9 one yeah 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 yeah, so yeah <laughs> c- continuing tradition in a really good way Then they're they're leaning in. They're about to you know kiss, as fiancés, and uh, then a big old firework blows up right fucking <laughs> right near the in bike. their face, like yeah. right there, dude. Yeah, I know. Like, he almost what loses control of the bike. Yeah, I know. I was just like, damn, that could have been it. They wouldn't have had to worry about the whole the sea thing anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's um, one way to to not have to worry about it anymore. <laughs> but he he regains control of the motorcycle. They fly yeah, outside, outside the bubble. Of the, now, they yeah. outside. Yeah, they're outside of the bubble. And uh, they kind of laugh about it. Um, I also like that, that the close. sphere is kind of egg-shaped the more I look at it. It's not quite spherical. They're like, we already yeah. did the sphere in 10. We got to go egg. <laughs> the egg, yeah. <laughs> what if it was long? <laughs> A sphere, but long. I got some bold new ideas for this Final Fantasy game. <laughs> but uh, but Sarah looks down at the um, at the fireworks and the, like the egg or whatever, and she says, gorgeous, <laughs> our own private heaven. Mm-hmm. And uh, Snow's like, all we need, just you and me. And then they, they kiss, right? And that's the end of that yeah. scene. So they kiss once, then they kiss again, and then realize that, yeah, like, um, Sarah's crying. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. And she says, th- uh, thank you, Snow. And it's like, it's really, it's really moving. It's it like, is, yeah. She's she's getting a little hope, support, and he just holds, holds her close and drives off into the sky. Extremely, I, extremely tragic. I'm sure that her telling lightning will be smooth and easy. Yeah, of course. <laughs> what's a what's a big sis for? Moms exactly, are tough yeah. and big sisses are cool. Exactly. These are the two things that we've learned. Yeah. Sisters are based. <laughs> Sisters are, are based. Moms are unkillable. I like <laughs> <laughs> I like how they the way they fly off too. They just like fly even higher and <laughs> Yeah, even higher <laughs> like, into the sky. I, like, I was just like, where are you guys going? There's <laughs> <laughs> not enough oxygen up there. Like <laughs> <laughs> Um, Snow and Sarah were lost in space forever. <laughs> Game over. <laughs> um, so that's where we're gonna end it right there, right? Yeah. Yes. For today. Okay. Cool. So on the on the uh, the Sutaki Dane part of this, where it's very sweet but very sad. <laughs> Bittersweet. It is. Mm-hmm. Again, yeah, it's very similar tone, which was like your girlfriend's marching off to uh, absolute like doom, and that's the time to like. <laughs> 
ass to make out. No, so our <laughs> first uh, our first episode of the season was Dude, called... Dude, sucks you're dying. <laughs> Want to make out? Yeah, it really I mean, sucks yes, that you're frankly. dying. Uh, my shirt's starting to chafe. Do you mind if I take it off? <laughs> now my pants are starting to chafe. Um, so it's funny because our, our first episode of the season was called It's Just FF7 Again. And I feel like this could be It's Just FF10 Again. Yeah, man. There, uh, this is the greatest <laughs> hits, you know? the greatest. Yeah, this hits. is the greatest hits of Final Fantasy. I did hear... Um, I heard uh, there was some talk and like interviews around the um, the release of 13 and and before the FF7 remake came out that people were kind of like thinking that maybe 13 was Square Enix dipping into the idea of doing FF7 remake again. Like they hadn't mm. quite decided maybe to do it, maybe not to do it. And they kind of like, well, to do 13, which is kind of like a FF7 remake. So that's an interesting way to look at it. There's a lot of, yeah, like you mentioned in the first episode, like a lot of the battle system kind of has some elements turn-based, but kind of yeah, almost yeah. action. Sure, yeah. Not quite turn-based. Yeah, right. Um, let's see, I feel like there was one more interesting little interview that I had read recently within the last week that I could add to this. I do. I did. And I remember what it was. It was that uh, on the hallway nature of FF13 on how it's like kind of just a linear progression. Um, And I remember at the first episode me and you, Carl, were talking about how like, oh, I love a linear game, especially after playing something like Elden Ring. Let me just get to the end. Right. Um, And I and I always say like, oh, I love those games. I love playing like the Half-Life one and two because they're they're very much like you start over here, you end over there. And like Call of Duty is very much that way. And the developers did say like in interviews that they were like, yeah, we definitely looked at games like Gears of War and Call of Duty for inspiration for FF13. So that's not just like, wow. like yeah, that's like an actual thing that they had said. So I find that actually I'm excited for the sniping portion of the. Uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I am doing uh, I, I just saw not quite an interview, but a similar kind of thing uh, in the in the YouTube video for the the battle theme for anima that I was listening to to mm. refresh my memory of it. Uh, five years ago, a YouTube commenter said, best thing to come out of this dumpster fire. And uh, <laughs> I was very happy to see that there was actually a reply that I could view. And I clicked the reply and ARZ fan 29, three months ago replied, really not that bad. <laughs> hey, let's go. <laughs> let's go, dude. Yeah. Love that. <laughs> uh, it was also edited. I wonder what the original edit was, if I could see that. I don't think I can. Um, so we didn't get to hear his voice this much this week, but uh, we'll hear a good bit of it next week. But the thing I wanted to, I, I, I was talking before we started recording about an interesting thing that I saw that I was like, yeah, maybe we've already said this on the podcast. I honestly can't remember. But... Um, speaking of like the voices being really good, like I think that entire last scene, right? I think the, the voice acting is incredible in it. Cause like I said, like if I were to read it just on a sheet, I would be like, this is too cheesy. You cannot make this into a serious thing. Like this is too goofy. And then seeing the delivery, I'm like, no, it it works. Incredible. Well done. Well done. Fucking awards all around. Yeah. The music and the performance. Yeah. And the emoting characters. That's good directing, baby. Good directing, baby. Uh, so I looked up who does hope's voice have we talked about hope's voice at all voice actor he sounds familiar right i don't think we did he sounded familiar and so i wanted to look up like where the hell do i know his voice from and he's phineas and phineas and ferb oh my god (laughs) fuck yeah i can't wait for uh the platypus to make an appearance as well So we got fucking Phineas. We got uh, the burnout guy from american dad yeah jeff fisher yeah 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 that's awesome awesome 
Yeah, did you <laughs> star-studded cast? Yeah, I'm trying to remember who the Saz's voice too, because he's always. A- oh yeah, his voice is also extremely familiar. Saz voice actor, Reno Wilson. Good name. Let's see what else he's done. That is a good name. He's done Saz. Hey, it's it's such an iconic performance that I thought I heard it elsewhere. Yeah, it's really good. It's timeless. He's uh, a few robots in Transformers. <laughs> <laughs> Usually the comic relief ones. He's in the uh, in this, it says he voices Saz in the Lightning Saga. Um, obviously, you know there's more than one uh, Final Fantasy 13 game. Um, but when I read it, it, the way it was linked, it looked like it said Sog, like S O G G, and I was like, I can't wait to find out more about this Sog. <laughs> I uh, I feel like calling the three 13 games the Lightning Saga is a little like unfair to every character in 13 2 <laughs> <laughs> well she's the uh, the face of the the franchise you know getting yeah, that, yeah. that Louis Vuitton modeling career that's right that's right. Nissan ads hell yeah wish I had a Nissan Nissan's a pretty good company They're, they they were good and effective with their uh product placement they, there was also product placement he was in fresh prince of bel-air in an episode oh no <laughs> really way. fuck yeah yeah i'll look that up the episodes yeah we'll, we'll do a viewing party of that episode as a philadelphian because it is from the episode the philadelphia story that's why i knew his voice <laughs> <laughs> i always i can always hear someone's from philly even though i'm sure he's probably not actually from philly <laughs> But yeah, so I think that's where we're going to end it this time. Uh, next time, my thought is that we'll get up to the area called the Gates of Antiquity. Because there's essentially mm. like two sections to Lake Brescia, which is the next area. There's like the lake itself and then like a large ruins and some stuff after that. And I think we can right. kind of divide it there. So I'm thinking that we'll go up to that point. It's going to be a lot of homework and a lot of math next time. Because we are talking about the actual battle system for this game. Oh, yeah. Yeah, baby. If you, if you thought we haven't talked paradigm. about the battle system enough, yeah. just wait. <laughs> so here's the sphere grid. Here's this. The oh, yeah, light. the sphere grid. I'm excited yeah. to talk about the sphere grid and how I interfaced with it. Are we just going to call it the sphere grid the whole time? <laughs> <laughs> I, I like the idea. I forget it's what it's It's not called. a sphere grid. It's a sphere tree. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. a sphere Skyrim level It's like a system. fourth dimensional cube of a sphere grid. Sneak increased. Now I can go to the Crystarium or whatever the fuck it's called. <laughs> yeah, it's a, uh, it's a tesseract. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the sphere tesseract. It's a biblically accurate sphere grid. <laughs> yeah, but that's, uh, that's all I got for this time. Yeah. Very cute. No announcements. Alex, do you want to drive us directly into a firework? Because baby, you're a firework. Yeah, you're going to transport us into the next dimension so that your (laughs) weird robotic god can brand us slaves. No? Okay, then just drive us into the fireworks. (laughs) (laughs) I like like that one. Um, If you're listening to this on release day, uh, my band's album just came out, so check that out. Hell yeah, I love it. I was going to say, it's the best thing I've ever heard. Thank you. I've been listening to it all day today. The day of the, the day it drops. The day it drops. <laughs> yeah. I got kind of jealous there. I was like, wait, I want to hear. It. <laughs> That's how convincing Curtis was. <laughs> no, I'm saying what, what I, what I say will be true. In it the will future, be accurate. It, yes. Yeah. Same. Big same. Track three had me in tears in happy, oh God, bittersweet weeping. tears, much like the last scene that we watched. <laughs> I love the accordion solo on track five. Incredible. Hey, cut it out. Oh, yes. <laughs> I really like how you guys incorporated the jaw harp. <laughs> I, can't, I can't believe you got the jaw harpist away. 
<laughs> you, you, you caught the jaw harpist from Hans Zimmer and, yeah. and freed him. <laughs> I looked it up and it actually wasn't the blues harp is just another name for a uh, harmonica. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Damn. <laughs> so we do not know who played the jaw harp, if at all. We will find out. We will be the the breaking news of this season will be that we found out who If did you that. are the jaw harpist. Please call. Yeah. Final Fantasy 13. please please call 530 Materia. We would love to hear from you. Oh, you know what's being which we've been we have been getting um, many nice emails and things uh, recently. So yes. I really appreciate that, everybody. Yeah, thanks so it's much. It's really nice. People who are funniest. Uh, you probably, I mean, you're probably listening to a different season, the ones who are emailing us. But thank you for coming on this ride with us. But thank you from the past and also the future. <laughs> thank you to Masashi Amauzi for the game music. Always a banger. Big old fuck you to Hans Zimmer. <laughs> Feel free to give us a rating, a review, or subscribe to us on iTunes and Spotify. Again, you can reach us at 530 Materia. You can follow us at every F and FF on Twitter, Instagram, and join our Discord. And you know, you should ask for something bigger. These are wish-granting fireworks, like in the podcasts. <laughs> All right. See you next week. See you next week. These are wish-granting podcasters, like in the stories. There we go. <laughs>